podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing. And welcome to the Media Matters podcast through Anfield Index. So I'm the usual host, Dave Davis, coming to you from Edinburgh, where on a Thursday night, ladies and gents, it's lighter than you'd expect it to be at this time, which is probably a good sign it means summer is on its way. But more importantly, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by the renowned, well-respected LFC and athletic journalist, James Pearce. James, good evening. How are we? Good evening. Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, all good. All good. And we're probably saying that on the, the, well, the end of a 17-day break between that rail game and just coming up for City in less than 48 hours. And Ladies and gents, we've got a million things to cover and ask James about in the, the next hour or so. So we'll be talking about the fix in April, looking at whether it's hope or against expectation. We'll have to talk about injuries. Fingers crossed they might be easing, but there's still a, a nagging suspicion about one of our favourites. We'll be talking about off-the-field matters around investment, sporting director situation. And of course, we would not let James leave without asking him about transfers for you and what might be heading up on that front with summer just around the corner. So plenty to get stuck into, James. And it's probably worth starting with a congested fixture list in April, isn't it? Despite only being in in one competition in the Premier League, that we look at what's on the horizon, even in a, a week, it's City away, Chelsea away, then Arsenal at home on Easter Sunday. And even in the rest of the month, it's Leeds away, Forest home, West Ham away and Spurs at home. So it's, uh, yeah, plenty of points to play for there. I suppose focusing on the first week, because it's, it's a heck of a first week at the start of April. City away, Chelsea away and Arsenal at home. I know Jurgen Klopp's sort of mentioned it before, alluded to it. Just how big do you see that first week of April? Is it, is it season defining now, is it fair to say? Yeah, it's certainly got the potential to be. I think um, you know, if if Liverpool were to to stumble and and have to feel their way back into things after the international break and and don't perform anywhere near their capabilities, then then yeah, I think it's quite conceivable that by the second or third week in April, top four already looks like it's it's gone. I think um I think it's probably not make or break because I think even even if even if Liverpool were to to go and succeed in two or three of those massive games on the horizon, they've still got you know a whole host of other fixtures to come that they'd have to back it up. And of course, in this ridiculous season, you know it, you wouldn't put it past this Liverpool team 
to go and win at City and potentially lose at Leeds in a couple of weeks because that, <laughs> yeah. that seems to have been the way things have gone with, you know, to, to go from that high of, you know, humiliating Manchester United to losing at Bournemouth. And, you know, we've seen it too often, haven't we? On You know, Liverpool, I think I was looking at a, a table just the, involving the top six earlier on this week and Liverpool top of that table in terms, I think it's five wins and two defeats and there's seven games so far. It's, it's been certainly domestically in those bigger games, they've actually performed better. It's, it's, it's been against the lower teams that they haven't done it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is a, it is a huge week. I mean, I, I was at the, in the Bernabeu um, a couple of weeks back when, you know, obviously the, the last hope of any silverware this season had, had bitten the dust and yeah. the clock then, you know, even though it, it felt a long way off then he, you know, he said, he said, you know, it it is pretty decisive that that kind of eight eight day period with City away, Chelsea away, and Arsenal at home, and um and, and I, yeah, I, you know it's it, it does it does feel feel big, and it, you'd like to think that it, it does, you know, you'd like to think it should focus a few minds because I, I saw yeah. there were some pictures from training today of Klopp having all the players together in a huddle at Kirby, and I'm I'm sure the message was to kind of try and forget everything that's gone before this season. And of course, it's not what Liverpool hoped or expected to be fighting for during the running, but there is still something there to fight for. And it, you know, it is something incredibly valuable. It would be, it would be a hammer blow if Liverpool were to lose their, their status amongst Europe's elite. Yeah. I think, I think that's a fair comment. And uh, I think it's, there's almost a a split when you look online and the fan base, the, the ultimate optimist who are thinking, no, we can still do it. We've been here before in the sort of COVID season, you know, we can strike again. We love this running. This is us. Against almost like you said, the, you know, for every United, there's been a Bournemouth around the corner, you know, that up and down, especially away from home against the strugglers. I mean, looking at the rest of the fixtures as well, I mean, there's, especially when you mentioned the struggles we've had against the strugglers, so to speak. There's there's Leeds, Forest, West Ham still to come in the rest of the month as well. I mean, looking at the rest of those fixtures as well, do you, do you believe Heart of Hearts there's a real chance of top four or were you personally struggling to see it, would you say? I still believe, yeah, I must admit, um, I, 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 I tend to try and... I try and be the, be the optimist, and I don't think it, I don't think it pays to, to to be all doom and gloom and expect yeah. the worst. I think I think you want to you, you want to cling to what hope there is, and I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's a forlorn hope by any stretch of the imagination. I think I think what kind of what kind of gives me gives me a kind of a, a chink of light in all this is is the fact that Liverpool definitely have the firepower to do it. I think. Um, you know, when you when you look at, and I know we'll we'll come on to it. I'm sure with Diaz's return and and Nunes back in back in training, and um, you know, and Jota hopefully up to speed and and sharper now. That you know, pretty much for the first time this season, Klopp has yeah. Klopp has that full complement at the at the top end of the pitch, and I think you know that's going to be key because you know, what Liverpool have really struggled, I think, this season as well is they haven't. I can't think of too many games where they've where they've got over the line by just having that quality in the final third, where it's kind of papered over a, a not particularly great performance. And yeah. you know, I think, you know, I, I was, I was looking back and, you know, when, when you take away the goals from, you know, the, what was it? The Bournemouth, the nine against Bournemouth and the seven against United, you know, it's, yeah. you, you suddenly, you suddenly realise that was, that was 34% of Liverpool's Premier League goals in two games. Wow. It's been, 
seven Premier League games when they failed to score, you know, only averaging just over a goal a game in those, what the other, the other, um, what is it? 24 Premier League games they've played. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what gives me hope. The fact that Liverpool have the firepower to do it. Um, I think what makes it probably harder than a couple of years ago is, you know, yes, Tottenham are in your sights because they're, they're the ones that occupy fourth and yes, Liverpool have got a couple of games in hand on them, but I think you do have to take Newcastle seriously and you and you probably have to take Brighton seriously just behind Liverpool as well with with the form that that they're in so it's it's not it's not just like it's a straight shootout between them and Spurs for that fourth spot it's a bit more complicated than that Are you that person who has everything the coolest merch and those must have fan threads Well over at our Anfield index shop we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection from our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and a license with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And especially with so many games to play still as well. So, I mean, fingers crossed, we do see some more nines and some more sevens. That would be good in the month of April, especially. I mean, looking at April, would you say... It's difficult to set it, I know, but is there maybe a sort of a point target or do you think there's a, a striking distance, so to speak, we need to be in by the end of April to think, yeah, we've got a real chance going into May or is it just just keep in there by hook or by crook type of thing? Yeah, I, I think it's probably difficult to, difficult to say because, um, you know, certainly I think from that, that big first week, I, you know, I, 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 I think ideally... You you want to just come away from that. If if Liverpool can come away from that week unbeaten, you know I think if they if they could if they could pick up a win and two draws, you know even for argument's sake, you know a, a not too damaging defeat and and two wins, five or six points, I think. Yeah. Ideally, from City, Chelsea, Arsenal combined, and and then they have to go on a run after that and and deliver. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know I was I was looking at it and it's usually around the seventy to seventy five point mark when I, when you go back over the last five or six years in terms of what what you've needed to finish fourth, um, you know, and and to do that probably you know you probably are looking at a situation where Liverpool might need as many as as kind of thirty points out of the last thirty six on offer. Um, so you know it might take you know it might take nine or nine or even 10 wins out of those last 12, which is, which is a big ask, but you know, yeah. that's, that's the situation they find themselves in. They are capable of doing it. You know, we, we have seen, you know, time and time again, during Klopp's reign that they have, they have it in them to, to go on these runs. And, and especially at the back end of the season, when the, when the stakes are high, you know, it's obviously not, not a title chase, not what Liverpool wanted to be in, but um, yeah, it, it does feel big. Cause I think it, you know, it's. I, I think it will have a big bearing on what the feeling is going into the summer because it won't change so much in terms of what needs to be done in the transfer market because I think that's already crystal clear for everyone to see. But it will certainly have an impact in terms of you know the the prestige and the financial side of whether Liverpool are a, 
or a Champions League club. And it'll also have a big yeah. bearing, I think, on just the feeling around the place because, you know, after, you know, if, after all the problems that they've encountered this season, if they could salvage Champions League football from it, then, you know, it, it, at least it would be a, a case of finishing the season on a high and then looking to kick on when when uh, when they resume in you know pre-season in July. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seven games, a lot of points to play for, and fingers crossed, yeah, we'll be in a, a decent position, let's put it that way, after the first week in April. And as you mentioned there, I mean, the, the problems of the season are well documented, especially uh, around injuries. But we should look positively, like you said, James. So if we look at the, the photos, the pictures of today, it was great to see Darwin back, but... Maybe more importantly for a lot of people for that boost, Luis Diaz back in full train. And that was a welcome sight and all the pictures, all the videos for every red that way. Probably the, the one I do want to ask you about is probably guess this, Thiago, because the suggestions were before from Jurgen Klopp. Why didn't give an, an uber specific time frame that the suggestion was we'd likely see him back in training by now. And I'm trying to think apart from a sort of one video on his social media, there's not really been any more mention around Thiago at all. Now, I know there'll be the the presser on Friday at the press conference with Jurgen Klopp. Do we know anything more before that about Thiago's injury or could you offer us any type of update at all? Yeah, well, I mean, in, in terms of Thiago, you're right. It was it was early February, wasn't it, when he suffered that um that hip flexor injury. Yeah. And at the time, you know, I think I think Klopp said himself he, he expected to be without him for a month. We're now we're now nearly up to the, the two-month stage. Um, yeah, I did, I did check in with one of Thiago's representatives last week and he, he just said that they were having to take it week to week and seeing how it responded and and that, yeah, it was taking a bit a little bit longer than everyone had hoped, but it was one of those things they couldn't rush. So, um, no, I know I know he's still adhering to an individual programme and he isn't, he isn't team training, certainly... Certainly, the weekend will come too soon for him, and 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 as you said, it will be something I'm sure that Klopp will be asked about on on Friday in terms of what what now is realistic in terms of getting Thiago back out there because um, yeah, he you know you 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 desperately you desperately want to see him back in a yeah. in a Liverpool shirt because you know it's it, during his Liverpool career his his quality has has never been in doubt. The frustration has been that he's he's missed so much football when you think, you know, I think he missed a third of the Premier League games in each of his two first two seasons at the club. And, yeah. and obviously this time around, he, he's he's also missed another, another big chunk. Yeah, absolutely. And it's naturally that area that we've had the struggles in, in midfield. And I suppose it's almost a, the way the injury problem, I'm saying this touchwood seems to be slightly easing at the moment, just seems to be hand in hand with the fact that, that he's out and, we, Stefan Bashetic, is also out for the season as well. So, bad timing, but yeah, we'll have to see if we get any further updates from Jürgen in the press conference. I mean, I w- everyone, probably me like everyone, absolutely delighted to see Luis Diaz. There's that buzz. He's back in training. He was taking part in the rondos from the videos, you know, and we're all hoping, thinking, yes, Luis Diaz is back. It's, it's what I want to ask you, James, because I almost think it's, there's a bit of a danger with a long-term injury and it's thinking, do we need to temper it at all in any way? Is it too much or are we in danger of expecting too much of Luis Diaz just to come straight back in and be Luis Diaz, so to speak? Or is he that good that, yeah, he couldn't be a real weapon for the running? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. 
I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I do, I do fear a little bit that, that maybe there's a bit too, too much expectation on his shoulders that he's going to, you know, come out, come up, you know, somehow just instantly click back into form and, and deliver the heights we know he's capable of and, and kind of save or at least salvage something from this season. I, I think that's probably a little bit unrealistic, certainly in the, in the next kind of week or so. Um, you know, I think, I think he, he has to be given some time just because it, it was such a, a long period of time. And then what was it? Early October at the Emirates. When yeah. He, he last played any football. And of course he had that, you know, very brief couple of sessions in Dubai when he was on the brink of a comeback um, in December and then broke down again and needed surgery. So I think Liverpool will be, will be very you know cautious with him. Yeah. Um, certainly I'd be absolutely amazed if he started the game at City. I think, I think probably the best he could hope for would probably be 15, 20 minutes off the bench. Um, and, you know, who knows, Klopp might even decide to to hold him back for, for Stamford Bridge in, in midweek next week. But, um, yeah, I just think it will give give everyone, I think it will give the, his, his teammates, the staff, certainly all the supporters, just a huge lift to seeing him back involved and, and and seeing him as part of the of the match day squad again, and you know one of the issues this season has been because of the injury situation, Klopp not having decent options to change it off the bench, and you know certainly at the top end of the field, um, that's that's not the case now. He does have he does have serious options. He can yeah. shuffle his pack, and um, and I don't yeah you think with you know the the way that you know when he's when he's obviously got Jota that can play left hand side, Nunes can play. Left hand side as well, you know. I don't. I don't think there's any, you know, great need to kind of throw Diaz back in and and you know straight back in to, to such a, a high intensity game. Um, but yeah, I am like like most fans. I, I I can't wait to see him see him back out there. But I think it'll be a case of, of building it up gradually because um, yeah, Klopp will know just how input he'll, he'll want him for these these you know, the, all of these last twelve games. He won't. He won't want to, you know, any any kind of risks taken where he could potentially pick up another knock because that's obviously always the danger with someone that's been out for a long time. That you know, yeah. when they when they men make that leap to playing again with the the increase in the the intensity that they might pick up a a little niggling injury, you know, muscle wise. So um, yeah, I think they'll be careful with him. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree with that. The fact that we've actually got six first senior forwards available, probably tempered with the fact that we're cripplingly short of midfielders. Might we'll see a few changes potentially even in the, the formation. But yeah, great to have Luis Diaz back. No two ways about it. And 
I'm asking you this, James, with everything crossed, touching wood and everything. There's no other, because we all hate international breaks and the usual news that comes from those. There's no other sort of bad news that you've heard from any other injuries or international break worries that we have at all, hopefully. No, thankfully not. No, I'm just, my, my uh, dining room table is made of wood, so I'm just touching that <laughs> as, I, as I say it. Um, so no, no, that, at the minute, obviously, I'm hoping that the club doesn't have any unwelcome news for us on, uh, on Friday. But um, yeah, as we, as we sit here now, not aware of any other issues. And um, yeah, it's never, never easy straight after an international break, especially with a lunchtime kickoff on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, it's not the slot that I think anyone wants, but it, it does have a slightly different feel to it, I think, for Liverpool this time, because it wasn't, you know, usually have a situation where the Brazilians are, are coming back from the other side of the world. That wasn't the case. None, none of those went away this time. True. Um, you know, of course, Nunes didn't go away with Uruguay, you know, nor, nor obviously Diaz with, with Colombia. Um, yes, Salah went away, but didn't play the full game the other night. And, and he's been back in good time. I think, you know, two two proper sessions with the full squad. I think Robertson was obviously one of the last to play um, international-wise, but, you know, he had the real lift of being part of that amazing Scotland win over yeah. Spain. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's it, it's always it's always slightly bated breath, isn't it, when players go away and, and you just hope for the best. And, you know, we've been stung before with, you know, players suffering setbacks on international duty and cursing cursing it and people coming back late and having very little time to prepare but it it, it feels like you know this this time around it's you know I, I don't think Liverpool can really use that as an excuse going into Saturday. Yeah absolutely and we all know I think everyone will join us in saying this that we all hate those 12 Saturdays especially with our record away from home in those types and Fingers crossed, one of the hopes at the Etihad is we don't see that horrific technical kit that we have got a horrible record in. So hopefully we'll be in red at the Etihad. But yeah, fingers crossed, Jurgen Klopp has got almost no further updates on that injury-wise. And moving on to sort of off-the-field activities, James, I mean, we've, there's so much going on, it seems. I mean, we've got to ask you about these types of things because we've seen that Mike Gordon's back from the States almost slotted in and... Probably there's a, there's a few questions sort of lingering around with the talk of Billy Hogan giving extended responsibilities, but then Mike Gordon back, how that's working. And naturally, the other side of the, the rumours of investment and the sporting director part, and you know whether it's an internal promotion or external, there's, there's different people being linked with that role. I mean, probably breaking those down one by one. The investment side, first of all, is there any updates at all since that sort of Dave Powell interview with John Henry or anything else that sort of you're hearing around investment at all? Yeah, only nothing, nothing in the last couple of weeks. No, it was probably, probably two or three weeks ago now when I had a conversation with someone that, that said that they, they, they believed that, that talks were, were getting on pretty, pretty well and were, and were relatively advanced regarding, you know, I think what John Henry described as, finding a strategic partner to help take the club forward and yeah. obviously discussions going on about the kind of figure that that would command and also the, the percentage of the club that would, that would be given up. You know, will we see kind of 10 or 15% maybe um, sold on? So, um, so no, I think, you know, I, I think, I think even from John Henry's words, you could, you know, and this was before that I'd had this conversation with someone else, 
senior who kind of backed that up. But I think you got the impression. I don't think John Henry would have said what he'd said if if he wasn't pretty confident they would, yeah. they would strike a deal for a, a selling a minority stake. Uh, you know, relatively soon. Whether that comes before the the end of the season, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think you know that. I think you know when you know I think. I, when when the Athletic did the story in November that Liverpool were open to the idea of of selling the club, you know, that was that was certainly the case. You know, FSG made no attempt to to kind of knock that down because it was yeah. it was an option they were they were willing to to explore. But I think um, you know I think it was probably January time that I wrote that there'd been a shift and that because they hadn't had the kind of the kind of offers tabled that they were probably expecting that. The, the the kind of the focus had turned to to selling a minority stake and and then obviously you know that that in you know, the last couple of months has been has been very much kind of that that's been that's been on the you know the the agenda for them. Well, that pleasing news then sounds and I think yeah everyone's uh, accepting that if John Henry's not going to sort of put his head above the parapet if that's the right phrase and make declarations like that unless something's advanced so. Fingers crossed, we say we see something there before the end of the season or the start of the new one, maybe more importantly as well. And the second aspect that just wanted to ask you around that we mentioned before, the sporting director role, because there's it's been a mix of almost links, sort of external people, people that have got links to Jurgen Klopp, and then also the links to, to Dave Fallows recently as well, almost like an internal promotion from his role. Is there any updates or anything that you've heard recently on the sporting director role at all? Only, only actually had a conversation with someone the other day. Just that, that they just reiterated that 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 recruitment search is is ongoing, and that you know they 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 still were were taking their time to make sure they got the the right individual in. in interestingly, I did ask about the the possibility of a of an internal promotion because you know I'd, I'd seen Dave Fallows' name mentioned. That I, I was told that it would be an external appointment, and that it was highly unlikely it would be. An internal one. I think they were they were focusing their attention on a number of possible external candidates. So um, yeah. yeah, don't have any any kind of definite names at, at the minute that they're that they've been talking to. But um, but yeah, it's not it's it's obviously something that has to be has to be sorted out. You know, you know. I think I think ideally during the month of April. I don't think you want to yeah. be going into May with with this still being up in the air. Um, but you know, at, at the moment, it's business as usual in terms of Julian Ward still in his role, you know, serving his notice and 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 working on plans for the summer, you know, with with obviously Klopp and 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 Mike Gordon and and Billy Hogan part of that. Yeah, good. That that's good to hear as well, especially with with April. I think a a lot of fans almost go back to that talks when Michael Edwards was around, who always said that Liverpool prepare two to three windows in advance even. So, yeah, probably the big hope is that by April there is a, a resolution, if that's the right phrase, or we hear more on that good stuff. So, yeah, in the scoop as well, it's sounding external. Brilliant. And the topic that I had, I have no doubt, you had no doubt we were going to ask you about, James, and that people are always asking about every day, transfers. So, Liverpool will never not be linked to transfers, and especially in the... Sort of the situation we find ourselves in now with the midfield rebuild, the things that were needed. It's it's interesting at the moment though with the Liverpool transfers. We've been through those periods where we almost used to get linked with 
I'd say not every player, but a, a good portion, a good number of players. At the moment, it does seem to be, you know, strangely is the wrong, the wrong word, but maybe not coincidental, it is the same names cropping up time and time again. So Jude Bellingham's the, the obvious one. Matthias Nunes has been going this season. And then there's been a few more recent ones, I think it's fair to say, as in Mason Mount and one that's, you know, in the last week or so that's really sort of come to fruition in Evan and Deeker, I think it's pronounced it, at Frankfurt. I mean, those are the sort of four hot names. That's probably my phrase that I'd use there. But any updates you think on those specific four at all? Because they do seem to be reoccurring at the moment. Yeah, I, I think certainly from the people I've been having conversations with, there's, you know, I, I, I don't, I certainly, I wouldn't like to nail McCullers to the mast on on any of those names at the minute in terms of, you know, providing any certainty in terms of yeah. whether Liverpool or will or won't get them. Because I think, I think I've, I've been told that there's a lot of things under consideration, a lot of plates being uh, being spun and. And, and assessing options in terms of you know what obviously lots of conversations with agents and 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 clubs in terms of what it would take to get a certain individual what kind of what kind of salary would they would they be commanding and then and then thinking how best to to utilize your resources um so yeah bellingham is obviously the one i think that that everyone is is kind of keeping an eye on, I think, and edits. You know, yeah. we at the Athletic, we've got you know an extensive network of Spanish correspondents as well as Premier League ones, and you know even that seems to change quite regularly in terms of you know one minute, you know it, it seems that Real Madrid are looking elsewhere for in terms of priorities, and then the next minute, you know it's there's there's another story suggesting that that Real Madrid are. Uh, uh, you know, are, are still serious contenders for Bellingham's signature, and then I saw today that you know there was talk in Spain that yes, they desperately want him, but they wouldn't pay anything more than a hundred million euros. And um, personally, I'd be very surprised if if Dortmund were willing to sell him for less than that. I know when we did a story a few months ago, Dortmund senior officials were were kind of briefing that it would have been it would nearer to one hundred and fifty million euros, kind of one hundred and twenty million pound that that. The, the kind of the price tag they were looking at. So, so yeah, I think, you know, Bellingham has obviously got a lot to think about in terms of just, you know, all these yeah. different clubs that are after him. Of course, Liverpool would absolutely love him. Um, you know, the same goes for Manchester City, you know, Real Madrid. Um, you know, I think that those are the, the three main ones in the mix. I, I understand that, you know, there'll be some more discussions between him and Dortmund in the couple, next couple of weeks because, I think Dortmund will want some clarity as to, you know, is is his heart absolutely set on moving on this summer or is he prepared to give them one more year? Um, and yeah, and, and for Liverpool, I think you know, it's... I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, 
Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. You know, I, I think Liverpool just have to, they have to kind of, you know, they, they will obviously have done all the sums and, and made their pitch and wait, have to wait and see whether, whether it's, it's good enough to get him. I think, um, you know, obviously it's one thing, it's one thing attracting Bellingham. It's, a, it's another thing doing the deal with Dortmund in terms of making those numbers work and, you know, whether yeah. you could structure the deal um, that would obviously be a, a club record fee. Could you structure it so that it is affordable and would allow you to, to do what else that you need to do in the transfer market? Because I think that's, that's the other thing. You know, it's easy to get kind of obsessed with Bellingham, but if Liverpool do get Bellingham, it's not like, it's not like you look at Liverpool's team at the moment and think, well, they just need, you know, throw Bellingham into that and that fixes everything. You know, they need at least one, yeah. more, ideally probably even two more midfielders with with the personnel that are leaving this summer. When you think, you know, Cater, Oxlade, Chamberlain going on freeze, obviously Arthur Mellor's lo- Meadows loan spell that's that's just hasn't worked out. He'll go back to Juventus. You've got Milner's future up in the air. He's a free agent. Um, so, you know, and then by the, by the start of next season, Henderson will be 33. You know, Tiago will be 32. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of a lot of discussions and a lot of meetings at the minute yeah. to try and work out how to how to best proceed. So I think so yeah, I think you know I wouldn't you know Mateus Nunes is another one that's been repeatedly banded around. You know I've you know I've sometimes yeah. you know, I've read in some places that's almost a done deal. I I don't I haven't been told that's a done deal. I think I, I've been told it's it's just a possible option. Um, but and 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 it hasn't gone beyond that at the moment. So we'll have to see whether that gets firmed up. I know, you know, McAllister at at Brighton is another one that's that's admired. You know, again, you know, how much would that take to get him out of Brighton? We know they don't. They certainly don't sell yeah. cheap. Um, and yeah, Mason Mount is another really interesting one. Um, you know, I've been making quite a few calls on that, trying to trying to get to the bottom of, of that. And there is. You know, it's definitely, you know, that's not, you know, sometimes when a player is in a in a contract standoff with another club, you you something. You know, I think it's easy. Well, quite often, I I am quite skeptical in terms of well, what's the motivation of this story. You know, in terms of is this just yeah. a bargaining chip to get more money out of out of Chelsea in this case? But but no, I think I think there is serious interest in Mount, and and I'm not surprised because I think when you look at his age, his profile, his skill set. His versatility, um, you know, the, the experience he's already got under his belt at the top level, and the fact he's homegrown, which is really important for Liverpool in terms of meeting the quotas. Um, Definitely, the fact he's down to his last year. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that you know that that makes more and more sense for me. The, the more I think about it, um, I, again, you know, the, the the major thing for me there when I was reading the the, the joint article that went on the Athletic today was. Um, Chelsea, you know, sources saying that they want seventy million pound for him, and I'm thinking, well, hang on a wow. minute, that's, that's a huge amount of money for someone who's got one year <laughs> left on his deal. And I just, you know, yes, maybe that's a case of a club asking for seventy. Who knows? Maybe, maybe in their heart of hearts, they think, well, we take 
fifty fifty five, um, which maybe you might go to. But if you know if they are intent on seventy, um, I, I would be very surprised if if Liverpool are willing to go as high, as high as that. So so yeah, a lot of I'd, I'd say you know it's there's very little certainty at the moment. Um, although I would, I would probably rule out the Undicker one. I think um, I did ask about that, and I was, I was told that he wasn't someone that Liverpool were, were going to pursue. Wow! Yeah, it's exclusive there almost because it's one that almost cropped up in the the last week or so. It reached fever pitch. I mean, he's a player that's been linked with a, a few clubs as well of us, but. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if anything does develop in the the defensive area. But yeah, we'll keep. Yeah, I think I think Liverpool do. I, I certainly, I certainly do think Liverpool need to bring in another centre half this summer because I think um, you know whether whether that is a, a younger type to develop or or a more experienced head that you're just looking to get a good two three years out of. Uh, it'd be interesting to see which way they go, but I just think you know. As good as Kanate is, and I, you know, absolutely love watching him play, and I think he, his future yeah. would be be immense. You know, again, Liverpool have missed him so much, and there has been, you know, a big a big drop off when he's not been there this season because Matip and Gomez haven't performed to the required level, and I, you know, it, it does feel, especially with you know, you'd imagine this summer will be will be kind of the, the permanent exit for Nat Phillips. Um, that yeah, that is an area that they do need to look at. Yeah, no, no doubts about that at all. There, there is an extensive shopping list or a list on the docket of things to do for this summer. No two ways about it. And I just wanted to pick up on something you said there ago around exits because, I mean, probably as expected, we know Bobby's declared that he'll be leaving. Cater and Ox has gone all quiet. Probably the one I wanted to press about is Milner because that's been almost a, a willy wonty type of thing. Is that just a we'll wait until do you think it'll wait till the end of the season? They'll have a chat or any developments around Milner at all, would you say? Yeah, it, it's an interesting one because you know, going back a couple of months now, Klopp, uh, I was at one of the Klopp's press conferences, I think it might have been in one of the the, the, the kind of the, the, the kind of embargoed section with with the newspapers that he, he said that he wanted Milner to stick around for another year and and how you know it wasn't just you know of course he's not he's not in a position now where he's going to be starting week in week out but you know yeah. how valuable he still is as an option and how valuable he is especially off the pitch in terms of being this this leader and this role model for the younger players but um yeah we had a story on the athletic this week that that you know despite Klopp saying that that you know that there hadn't been a contract offer to James Milner he was he was still waiting for those discussions to open and and, and yeah. clearly, you know I think I, I, you know I think he will want some clarity before the end of the season I don't think it will be a case of of him thinking yeah fine you know we can sit down at the end of May start of June I think you know he he will want to know because you know when you know because I think probably more than anything else he, he his, his representative will have a lot of other clubs kind of contacting him saying well you know what is the situation is he available um, because you know, despite the fact that that Milner will be turning what thirty eight next season, yeah, um, I don't I don't get the impression of him at all that he's ready to to either call it a day or you know or to 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 kind of embark on you know making the switch over to to coaching immediately or anything like that. I think he wants to still keep going at the highest level possible as as long as he can. So um, so yeah, it's 
again, I think it's always tricky because obviously, you know, it, it, it's that case of when, you know, as, as, as good as he's been for Liverpool and, you know, what a fantastic servant he's been over, what is it, you know, eight, eight years now. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, obviously there comes a time where you think, well, you know, could could those could those wages be used better elsewhere? Um, yeah. In in terms of especially during a summer when you know effectively Liverpool are embarking on a on a midfield rebuild. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with with Milner. I must admit, like a, even a year ago, I I thought I thought he might have moved on then, um, but you know as it was, you know he 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 stuck around for another year, and he's you know the. The fact that Liverpool needed him to to start in the Bernabeu a couple of weeks ago kind of showed yeah. you know how it was it was it was certainly the right decision to to keep him around, especially with the injury issues they've had in there and you know how key players' form has deserted them at times this season. But um, but yeah, he, he obviously can't can't keep on going and going. So um, yeah, I, I would yeah I would definitely expect some clarity on that before the end of the season. Interesting, yeah. In a especially as you said, a rebuild, a midfield that requires major surgery, definitely want to keep an eye on. And we we did want to ask this. It was mentioned a while back. There'd been talk almost of the the two lists, if that's the right phrase, that Liverpool had almost a, a list if we're in the Champions League, and the other list if if we're not, so to speak. So we've talked, or Jurgen Klopp, I should say, has talked before about you know we're not if players just want us to win the Champions League that's not what we're about we want them to see the the bigger picture so to speak I mean this summer there's been different you know link suggestions is the budget would you say that massively affected by Champions League qualification will that put a major dent in the finance available would you say yeah I mean I think the honest answer is yes it will definitely put a dent in the finances because I think when you when you look at you know what was the Champions League worth to Liverpool last season? I think it was about 100 million pound all in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you drop into the Europa League or even you know, heaven forbid, the Europa Conference, then the the drop off in terms of the finances is absolutely huge. Um, yeah, I th- you know it was. I thought it was interesting. It was probably going back a I don't know maybe six weeks or so, wasn't it? Klopp Klopp yeah. said though know, that yes, Champions League football is vital for this club with the business model, you know, the fact that Liverpool have to live within their means with FSG's self-sustaining model. Um, but he also said, which I thought was was telling, you know, but, you know, we can't wait to to see where we are playing in terms of European competition next season. We've got, yeah, the groundwork has to happen now. And he said, you know, he, he talked about, you know, we've reached three of the last five finals you know that that generates you know a, a lot of money and you know almost regardless of where liverpool finish they have to liverpool have to be bold and be ambitious in the transfer market and um yeah and i, and I must admit like I, I i i spoke to kind of fsg sources off the back of that and, and none of them no one had any issues with what klopp had said it was like well yeah you know we agree that, that you know that there's this is an important summer for the club in terms of refreshing the squad. Um, but yeah, it's, I'd say it's, it's pretty unclear in terms of, in terms of just how much of an impact, you know, I, you know, it's, I don't think it's as simple as saying, you know, finishing the top four. Yes. You get Bellingham miss out on the top four. No, you don't, because I, I don't think yeah. it, I don't think it actually is, is, is as simplistic as that, but 
Yeah, I, I think, and, and you know, and I know what Klopp means when he says about you know he he said it a few times, hasn't he? About you know you want players to jump on the you know to to push the train rather than want to just jump on the train in terms of yeah in terms of, you know I know he loved the fact that Gagpo never once said you know oh you know not sure about this because you know you might miss out on the Champions League this season, but um, yeah, I think the reality is even when players maybe don't say it, they they're bound to think it. You know, even. Even with someone like Mason Mount, you think you know if you know will 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 Liverpool look as attractive a proposition if they're not in the in the Champions League compared to say you know I know Bayern Munich are one of the clubs in for him. So um, right. it is it is important. It is there's no there's no getting away from that. Um, but yeah, in terms of just just how much it will impact the summer plans. It, um, yeah, I don't I mean I don't I don't really go along with this idea that there's like a it's certainly not the case that there's like a list, a list of targets for if Liverpool get in the Champions League and a list if they don't. You know, it's not, it's not like you know they'd be sh- they'd be shopping in Waitrose if they do get in the top four or, <laughs> or Lidl if they don't. I think it's yeah, it's never it's never as simplistic as that. But it, it yeah, it just it would make a really challenging summer even more difficult if if they weren't a Champions League club. That that is the reality. Yeah, absolutely, and. Fingers crossed we're not having the negative end of that conversation. Even the shudders when you said Europa Conference League went through me as well. <laughs> so fingers crossed we are not talking about anything like that come the end of the season. But yeah, is a, a distinct possibility. Thank you for us answering that in detail as well. The the final section that, that we always ask as well is, a, and again, to come back to what you say, we're not asking you to nail sort of colours to the mask. It's a almost a, a quickish fire, so almost a what your gut tells you around certain topics. We doesn't have to be a yes or no answer, James, but just to show whether you think this will happen or will get developments in April on these topics specifically. So the first one was any sort of player or transfer. Do you think we'll have anything concrete on any moves in April at all, or is it too early? Um, I think... Largely too early, although it wouldn't surprise me if the Bellingham picture is a lot clearer in April, just because, um, you know, cer- certainly I think we'll, we'll know at some point in April whether he is absolutely nailed on to leave Dortmund or not, because I think Dortmund have made it clear that they want that kind of clarity so they can start planning for the summer. And I, and I think also, I think I think with all the noise around it I, I I yeah I think I think we'll probably know whether you know Liverpool uh, are still banging the hunt or whether it's a, a forlorn hope by by the back end of April um but I think I think with a lot of those other names I, I think it'll it'll run on beyond that fair enough yeah fingers crossed we're watching well everyone's watching the Jude Bellingham situation every day so fingers crossed we get something on that by April the second one we wanted to ask was by the end of April, anything solid on investment would you say or developed? It really wouldn't surprise me if if there was, because like like I said earlier on, that um that you know I certainly got the impression that those talks have have been advancing. Um so so yeah, it's you know it's obviously difficult not being privy to the all the the inner workings in terms of you know the, the the contracts and the exact all the fine print regarding 
the um, you know the finances and the percentage of the club and everything else and how yeah. long that will take. But yeah, it wouldn't that that wouldn't surprise me if um, if if we if we get some if if, if you know if, if we get that news in April and if it's not April then uh, you know certainly May. Interesting. We'll we'll take that as almost a seventy percent yes as well. We'll like that. We're excited by that one. Good stuff. And the final one into whether, and I think probably answered yes a little bit earlier, might be wrong. Sporting director, I think we hear something solid on that by the end of April. Yeah, again, I, um, I, I, would, I would expect so, because I think with the, the situation Liverpool are in, um, yes, you know, Jurgen Klopp is obviously very influential in the recruitment process, but... I think you also you also want to be pretty clear in terms of who's coming in and who you know you want you want there to be quite a smooth changeover from from Ward moving on to whoever the new man to, is taking over. So yeah, I think you know you'd you'd, you'd, I, you'd certainly like to think that in the next in the next month that 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 search will reach a a successful conclusion. Um, and, and yeah, and, and I think, I think the other important thing to say, I think, I know we kind of touched upon it briefly earlier that, that obviously, you know, Mike Gordon is, is, is very much kind of a, a part of that. And, and, you know, I, I know he had, he had some time off before Christmas that where you know, he was essentially yeah. overseeing the search for the new investment and had taken a step back, but he's, um, you know, I, I think, I think he, you know, my information is he never, he never stood back, completely it wasn't like a case that he was he was um you know kind of not involved because you know the reality is that the Mike Gordon Tom Werner and John W Henry still sign off every every single major financial commitment that that Liverpool are involved with but um but yeah he is he is back to a to a to a greater degree you know obviously some of his responsibilities in terms of the, the day-to-day running of the club are carried out by Billy Hogan because you know Mike Gordon's not based in the UK. Um but um but yeah I think that's that's a positive as well the fact that you know he's been so integral um to to the way that the club has been run and the and the success that's been enjoyed in, in recent years. I think um yeah I think you know that that is that's certainly a positive that that he's his his influence is there whilst some really big decisions are made in the in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, absolutely. I think ev- everyone was pleased to hear that. If you think back to where we've had success, Mike Gordon there with the, the sporting director to be sorted, but we know the importance of that. Mike Gordon overseeing that role as well. And fingers crossed as well with Will Spearman's promotion, you know, into that, that analytics role that we do get. Almost dig back to the old style is wrong, but a successful period again would be absolutely great. And, the final one I'll ask you, and I promise I'm not going to open any sporting betting apps on this, James, no accumulators or anything like that. This is just what your gut tells you. Those first three fixtures in March, oh, sorry, in April even, moving the month there, City away, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home. What does your gut tell you for those results or points wise? <laughs> um, do you know what? I'm going, I'm going for a draw at City. A draw at Chelsea and then we beat Arsenal at home. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it is, but out of all the, the was it a dozen games we've got left, and, and I know it probably doesn't make an awful lot of sense to a lot of people. You know why you'd be most confident about beating the team that are top of the table, but 
it's Arsenal at home that that I'm probably am the most confident about because I just yeah. the fact is that late afternoon Sunday slot, you know, I, I think Anfield will be absolutely rocking that day. I can't, I cannot wait for that one. Um, and as good as Arsenal have been this season, and as good as the job that Arteta has done to to put them within touch and distance of winning the title, I, I do think Liverpool or or throw a spanner in the works. It's um, but yeah, it's just that away form, isn't it? That's what they've got to sort out because um, yeah, it's they can't rely on just winning their games at Anfield. They're going to have to find a cure for this travel sickness. Otherwise, we will be talking about the Europa League or the Europa Conference. Yeah, no doubt. It is really now or never with April coming up. But yeah, so similar to you, I do get a feeling that we'll hopefully see another Arteta blow up, which you know agitates Jurgen, which lifts the whole crowd on the sidelines. There'll be more of his nonsense of playing the speakers to his players and training to replicate the atmosphere. But fingers crossed, Easter Sunday does throw a spanner in the works for the title race as well, very much so. And hey, even on the this Saturday coming, we throw one in the throw one in the works for City as well. But fingers crossed, all those things come to fruition. Fingers crossed, we hear more around investment, the sporting director. Fingers crossed, we hear more on transfers. But fingers crossed, Touchwood, more than anything, it's a happy April all-round for all Reds. So only leaves me to say, James, thank you very much for your time and detail there. It's very much appreciated, sir. No problem. Good chatting to you. Good stuff. And for all who's listening, good night, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is, and we shall speak to you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.